I'm Brother Joseph, the author of God in Black and White, the Book of Real Lies. Welcome back to my podcast. Today, I am Brother Joseph, but I used to be someone very different. I did not suffer fools lightly, therefore, I would always be shouting about one thing or another. That was before a good brother spoke to me and said, My brother, you do not need to be shouting all the time. Just do what you are doing, keep on keeping on, and one day they will ask for you to come and speak. Then you will have no need to shout. You will whisper, and they will hear your every word, because they will be listening. They will want to hear what you have to say. Right now, I am saying this. We are marching and asking. And the Nubian race should not be asking anyone for anything. But we continue to. When we do... We do not demand anything on behalf of Nubians. We ask on behalf of the black and ethnic minorities. These minorities include demons and degenerates from every corner of this society. They devalue or search for justice and still will be the major recipients of the changes in the law that we are seeking. To many, it makes no difference. They just want to be heard. What happens after is of little importance. We just go right on putting obya on one another, praying to God as we go. In the past weeks, this nation's monuments have been purposefully defaced and destroyed. But these acts have not been at the instigation of any Nubian, although Nubians have joined in. We hate to see the Aryan doing anything without being included, no matter how wrongful or immoral. Why do we want the past hidden from sight and memory? Is the very nature of the monuments on display not able to motivate us towards a higher level of wisdom and understanding? There are many intelligent yet working-class Nubians whose dreams are to return to the motherland, but they are afraid. They will be leaving one poverty situation for another. There are also many Nubian millionaires and billionaires here in the UK. And I implore you, I implore you to singularly or collectively do something. Start businesses on the motherland and provide all people with the opportunity to fulfill their desires and return home. We fight for recognition as human beings here. On the motherland, recognition comes without a fight. To return is a dream of many Nubians, but they are afraid as they love the lifestyles they have. In addition... Fear prevents them going home and creating their lifestyles, the lifestyles they deserve. We are the batteries of the Aryan world, robbed, disrespected, and treated ruthlessly. Our power sucked out in readiness for the scrap heap. However, we are not dead. We are built to last with a level of inventiveness and creativity that cannot be matched. If only it was not for the obvious. Ghana, the gateway to slavery, 
is welcoming the return of many African Americans and Caribbeans. Other countries on the motherland will welcome us also. Let us go home and use our knowledge and power to illuminate our continent. This is something really worth bending the knee to and fighting for. A self-made objective towards prosperity and lasting change at home. Another word for this activity would be independence. There has never been a better time. Know that it is not possible to be truly free in an Aryan society, regardless of the many righteous, though condescending statements extolled through the media. Once you have been the slave of a man, even after you are free from that enforced hell, you will never rise above the position of servant, no matter how high you believe yourself to be. Fact is, we need to wake up from that dream world in which we live and grow up here. I speak also to those amongst us, the dedicated followers of Mr. Marcus Garvey, those whose homes abound with paintings in his likeness. Yes, we know who you are. The ones who spout continually of a united Africa, but will kill you, their brother, for stepping on their foot. Would you be on Brother Marcus's ship? or remain on the dock. As with Dr. Martin Luther King, Mr. Malcolm X, and many other Nubians throughout our history, the great man was a doer, not a talker. We moan about not receiving recognition for fighting in wars that did not concern us on behalf of those who enslaved us, murdered our families, and kept us in depravity. Perhaps those who involved themselves thought it would make a difference to their lives. Perhaps they had thought it prudent and patriotic in support of those who gave them freedom, forgetting they were the ones who enslaved them in the first place. They may also have sought acceptance as human beings for doing so, but it made no difference, because in the eyes of those enslavers, they could never be human beings. Even as we march, atrocities continue. It is what the demon does. We cannot change these evil people and we cannot beat them as we are no match for their level of wickedness and hatred. I have referred to the Aryan race as the race of Satan throughout these podcasts. As a result, some are offended, others applaud. But do not applaud too loudly nor be offended too greatly as Satan, to which I refer, is not a creation from a horror movie. It is not a half-man, half-goat, ugly monstrosity with a horned head and pitchfork of fire. Satan is a man who does anything he wishes, no matter the cost, even to the point of depicting himself as such a nightmarish creature preventing you recognizing him. He is a man who knows the right, but willfully chooses to do what is wrong. He is a master in the art of self-deception and pre-planned conflict, a blinding force of destruction in our father's house. The current situation inundated on social media as it has been, with videos reminding us of the past atrocities still perpetrated against us at this time, has shown us the oratory skills of our young people. They are so true and so learned 
If those skills are used to enlighten all people in a positive manner towards a self-generating goodwill, rather than shouting at a person who does not and will not hear, then it will be a small step toward freedom, wisdom, and understanding, and a giant step forward toward a more respected future for the Nubian race. In all my episodes, I have tried to show the differences between the Nubian and the Aryan peoples on this earth. I have tried to show the different mentality, different dreams and different objectives to both sides. I do not know if the message has gotten through. It is there, and I do hope it has gotten through. My needs are not for racist exposition. My needs are not religious. My need is for understanding. And my hope is for those who want the same as I do to explore with me and work for change. We will forever remain at war until we find the answers we need. And the only way to find the answer is to investigate the way we live. To do it from a standpoint of the truth written in eternal stone, not an area where we Nubians thrive. I am saying my need is for understanding through investigation of the truth in the way we exist. However, just what is the truth? Well, to the Nubian, the truth is that knowledge of spiritual oneness described as love. That which we continually speak of, yet forcefully abandon, lock away from our thoughts and lock away from each other. We do this in every case, except when we deal with our enemies. Go for a walk and tell me what you see. I have said the Aryan is Satan, but many centuries have passed and the soup of life is thick with change. Many have sincerely spoken to their people on our behalf. Many always have. Now there is a meaningful multitude. However, we should keep in mind you may train a tiger to behave like a pussycat, but the element of danger will always be there. Even when there is no danger from the Nubian, the lion who has become a pussycat. Now this is how the father works. I have just at this very moment received a video from a brother. It is a speech made by the assassinated president of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. It was in Washington, D.C. on June the 11th, 1963, 57 years ago, and five months before his assassination in Dallas, Texas on November the 22nd of the same year. This is a series of integrated snippets. The entire speech is much more conclusive and covers the complete horror that was and still is the United States to the Nubian people. Mr. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal and that the rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man are threatened. It ought to be possible, in short, for every American to enjoy the privileges of being American without regard to his race or his color. In short, every American ought to have the right to be treated as he would wish to be treated, as one would wish uh, his children to be treated. But this is not the case. One hundred years of delay have passed since President Lincoln freed the slaves, yet their heirs, their grandsons, are not fully free. They are not yet freed from the bonds of injustice. They are not yet, not yet freed from social 
and economic oppression. And this nation, for all its hopes and all its boasts, will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. We are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures and is as clear as the American Constitution. It cannot be met by repressive police action. It cannot be left to increase demonstrations in the streets. It cannot be quieted by token moves or talk. It is a time to act in the Congress, in your state and local legislative body, and above all, in all of our daily lives. Those who do nothing are inviting shame as well as violence. Those who act boldly are recognizing right as well as reality. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Dr. Martin Luther King led a march on D.C. on August the 28th of the same year when he made his famous Capitol Hill speech. Do you hear any similarities? One hundred years later, the Negro still is not free. A case of what you accept coming from the mouth of your president on my behalf is not presumptuous when coming out of my own mouth. He did not shout slogans but made himself heard clearly and with dignity. Dr. King probably thought it was the way to behave because of his religious persuasion, and it may have been. But the Bible he held in his hand still said, do not retaliate, bury your head and wait on me. It did not say, know yourself and who your enemy is, or know your enemy and minimize your dead. We are still marching and we will never amount to anything in this world until we throw that book across the room and live. But it will never be an easy task to throw away that book, cloaked as it is in fear, which is the real basis of our faith. When the religious ask, are you foolish? How can we live without God? My answer is always the same. How can we live without the air we breathe and the trees which purify our lifeline, the atmosphere which sustains all living things, the beauty of the stars or the earth on which we live? How can we live without these things? If we believe in a creator, then to acknowledge its creation is to believe in the creator, is it not? So have no fear. Wake up and throw away the dream. See reality and then you will know the devil. When looking for God on this earth, you need first to identify the devil. We may shout and march all we want, but no one is going to hear us, although they will pretend to. We may shout for equality, but we are never going to obtain it because equality, as with respect, is a lifestyle developed by oneself. It is never given. We create these qualities through our own growth, a purposeful and united mentality and methodology towards change. We are clapping our hands in gratitude for the support we felt we were having during these troubled times. We are always grateful for what we receive, even when not knowing for what we are being grateful. Because of support, we believe the times will be changing and they will be. But in whose favor? We want the laws to change. That in itself changes nothing as the law 
simply stifles racism. But racism will always exist. Do Aryans march on behalf of Nubians? Or do they, for the most part, see this as an opportunity to make changes in favor of themselves? Do wealthy Nubian orators and entertainers march on behalf of the ragtag brothers and sisters? Those they would avoid under normal circumstances? Alternatively, for those who know better and are involved in the leadership, is this a situation where everyone up front makes a few bucks, keeping things quiet for the moment, before diminishing once more into the background? We are constantly looking for handouts, marching through the rain, marching through the torrents, right beside a seemingly tranquil pool with deadly undercurrents. Every time we receive a handout and the torrent turns to a drizzle, we happily step once more into the pool. It is a pool of hope and that is where we leave our objectives and relax until the next time. Our continued objective should be to ensure Europe removes that rope of strangulation which segregates the small countries of our homeland, stifling its progress. To ensure that Nubian entrepreneurs are able to obtain significant funding from the system they have constantly been funding and sustain legitimate businesses for our race. Most of us do not realize a continuance of slavery and radical racism is what sustains the Aryan population, what has been and still is the source of their comfort. The joke is most Aryans do not realize it either. They have no cause to consider it or simply just do not want to care. Along with a great majority of westernized Nubians, no matter the impassioned speeches made, especially when the media continues bombarding us with begging letters in the form of charitable help on our TV screens, needs depicted in the filthiest and most disturbing manner, purposefully orchestrated to make us look as fools from the motherland of plenty, the Aryan destroying us on the pretext of helping. Minneapolis pledges to restructure its police force the president of the U.S. says it will never happen, and I agree with him because such action should not be required. There are enough Nubian law enforcement officers both in the U.S. and the U.K. to stamp out the bigotry that exists, if only they cared. Everywhere we look, there is a black section to everything. Unions within unions. This is prevalent even in places of worship. But just what good are they, except for whitewashing provocative activities and punitive payoffs for unfair dismissals? They do nothing for the Nubian people. They do not represent the Nubian people. All share the same employers and all subject to the same rules. Rules that say they cannot do or say a thing in their own defense. But their internal activity gives rise to an early promotion. We fight for laws to change so we might more easily fit into a society where we are not accepted. But as I have said, laws do not change the people. And there are two distinct races on this earth, the Nubian and the Aryan.
I say the Aryan, but within the soup, they come in all colors, shapes, and sizes, all hateful of the Nubian and themselves. It is their way without cause. All they know is that we are black, and to them, that is a good enough reason to hate. The Nubian, too, also come in a multiplicity of colors, shapes, and sizes. They, too, are resentful of the darker-skinned Nubian, seeking superiority amongst them. Just as Satan, Aryans all. This is our internal conflict, color and the search for superiority. This is the message today. Unless we define ourselves as a member of a race on this earth, our preoccupation with color will be the death of us. Our hatred and our jealousy of each other will be the death of us. Our innate desire to be accepted by our spiritual enemies will be the death of us. It is a foolhardy notion and one which can never be materialized. We do have a home and a history, including the tombs of our ancestral leaders desecrated by archaeologists every day. Not for the gold, but for the information. The information that made us who we were then and who they have become today. Yes, is that you shaking your head in disbelief? Poor humble blob of black nothingness that I am. How can we have been that way? And if we had done that, all that, how is it we do not have these great civilizations in Africa today? We walked away from our future the moment Satan appeared on the horizon, so eager to become as he, and forgetting our father in the heavens. My father decreed, so eager are you to please Satan and forget me, I will grant you your desire to please him as his slave, to walk in fear of your own freedom, so that the pleasures you sought in your servitude will continue forever. Our enemies do not know from whence we have come, as they have not been taught the truth about us. You cannot motivate a soldier telling them the importance of their enemy in their lives, so you have never existed before being enslaved by them. Now the changes are afoot. We must demand our homelands and the return of our stolen history. That will get the SOB Satan jumping, because no one will ask for that unless prepared to die for it. Like Yeshua. There are those amongst our race whom I am sure find no issue with the Aryan society, likewise whom the Aryan society has no issue with. That makes sense. We exist in a world where acceptance is difficult, if not impossible in some cases, but tolerance easily achieved as a basis for goodwill. Toleration also requires diplomacy and self-respect, and no one respects a savage. Unfortunately, there are those amongst our race who take pride in being the savage, and whose ways and attitudes are obnoxious to observe. Hardly a recipe for respect. We are all Nubians, but within our race there are many nations. And some nations are happy 
to be savages. It has been a long time since removal of the chains. Plenty of time to realize you will never be seen godlike behaving as a knave. Do not blame the Aryan race for that. I have said, in my father's realm, you always get what you ask for. I am Brother Joseph. Thank you for listening.